Well, how many got your Bibles this morning? The B-I-B-L-E, that is the book for me. Okay, here we go. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can have. Says I can have. I can do. I can do. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can do. Says I can do. And I am. And I am. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I am. Says I am. Man, I Thank think you, Lord. Allie had like three Bibles up. I don't know. What, <laughs> that's awesome. She is totally ready. Love that. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we just open up your word to uh, our roots in faith to grow deep and strong. Uh, in the world we live in, we need to be stronger than ever. So we look to you for strength and joy and power and a sound mind and love. So, Father, we just open up your word that we can navigate life because we have strong roots in you. So, Father, we thank you for the teacher, the Holy Spirit, who just abides in us. And we just thank you for him being alive and active today and always. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. 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 You look beautiful. You survived the wedding and the weekend. <laughs> Looking Likewise. good. Likewise. We uh, are going to, we're going to talk about, uh, it's really kind of a spiritual, things going on. How many of you know that the spirit realm is real? There's uh, stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't see with our natural eyes, but there is a real world going on. <laughs> Uh, many believe the spirit realm is more real than the physical realm that we're in. But so we want to talk about really being on the right team, and you all know that, but it's easy to get tripped up and we end up finding ourselves on the wrong team by accident. So we want to kind of talk about so that. So the title of our message is called Escaping the Trap of Offense. Everybody say it. Escaping the trap, the trap of offense. offense. This is really, there's a book out there, and I believe it's on the book table. I don't know if there's one or two, but um, it's called The Bait of Satan. It is an amazing book, and uh, I highly encourage you to, to grab it, and, and if, it's, if they're all gone, you, you know how it is. You just go on Amazon. Don't, don't you love that? You just, okay, I want, I want the book called The Bait of Satan. It's an amazing book. But, you know, it's no surprise that the disciples asked Jesus for greater faith, not, and, and here's the funny thing, we always think of asking for greater faith so that we will be able to heal people, be able to witness to people, but I want you to see something this morning of what the disciples said, we need greater faith, Jesus. <laughs> and they needed greater faith when it came to relationships. Relationships. You know, how many need, no, you can live your life and do the best you can in your human ability to have relationships. But how many know when God's helping you and putting his supernatural on your ability, it's a game changer, right? And so the disciples had a, an epiphany and just went, oh, I need more faith to live with you. So <laughs> can you imagine these guys trying to live with each other for three years? I mean, 12, 12 guys trying to get along, they're away from their, their family, and they're trying to live with each other. You, you can imagine why they said, oh, Lord, give me more faith, right? Yes. 
But, you know, in relationships, you know, okay, how many have ever been hurt by anyone? And if your hand is not raised, I got to check you out. I mean, every one of us has, right? And so, um, you know, there are many opportunities uh, to be offended or to be hurt. Um, and we, one, need, we one, need faith for it. Yeah. I mean, a pastor friend of mine said, if I don't offend you by the end of service, come up forward and I will personally offend you. So, I mean, there's, there are plenty of opportunities to be offended. You know, we can even be offended by the Lord. You know, sometimes we go through life and we just think uh, things aren't fair and he's in control of just hurting us. And sometimes we're misguided and don't understand that God is always on love. He is love. His name is love. And so sometimes... That is so good. I, because, you know, some people blame God for things that God never did. And it's the same way in relationships. We blame others sometimes for things that others never even did either. It's sometimes by assumption or miscommunication. So this is the time when I want to talk about our hilarious miscommunication that happened. Uh, oh, you want to talk about us? Yeah, I do. Me. I do. In I particular. Do. Yes. <clears throat> so... Um, it was last night, right? The, it was this the whole morning. weekend's kind of a blur. I don't know what's morning. last night or this morning. So, okay, it was, was this trying morning. Trying to wake up. I was trying to wake up. So this is the statement that he made. Oh, honey, the washer is out. The wash is out. And I'm sitting there, and then he proceeds to to go on. And in my brain, I'm like, okay, I know he's not meaning the washing machine because that's a brand new washing machine. And first off, he doesn't do any of the washing in the house. I do it. And I know the washing machine's not broke. I mean, this is, do you, do you follow me? This is what's going through my head. And then I'm thinking, as he's talking, I'm thinking, I think he's talking about the church, not house. So I'm, in my brain, I'm trying to shift to, is he the, talking about the church or the, or, and he's, and he's going, it's on the left side. The wash is out on the left side. And finally, and he, he and I'm, I, I'm about ready to ask you a question, but you know how when somebody's talking, you're thinking, okay, well, pretty soon I'm going to catch up to speed. If they keep talking, I'm going to figure out what on earth are you talking about? And so he keeps talking and I still am just like flat out. I mean, I've jumped to this, maybe he's talking about this, to maybe he's talking about this, to maybe he's not. And finally I go, I am so sorry, but I don't have a clue what you are talking about. He goes, the wash. What wash? You know, the wash light on the left side of the church. Oh, that's what they call that. So just so y'all know, those lights are called wash. And that side, yeah, I see what you're talking about now. It, the, that Thank wash you. light is out. <laughs> now I, 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 I get it. I get it. Am I the only one that had a problem when, when I said... Yeah, y'all are, I'm not the only one who would have been like, what are you talking about? But do you see how communication at its best, even between a husband and wife, can be like, huh? So in my brain, I was jumping to gazillion conclusions, which we all do. You know, first one was, oh my goodness, the brand new washing machine's out? Are you following me? And if I, if I hadn't backed off really fast to keep listening, 
I would have missed the point. So in and communication, I, I was so offended that you did not understand what I was talking about. I'm sorry you were offended that I didn't have a clue. But you know, but isn't that life? It is life. It is life. And let's go to Luke 17, and we're going to verse three. It says, "If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times." in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall what? Forgive Forgive him. And the apostle said to the Lord, here it is, increase our faith. His apostles, disciples were like, dear Lord, you've got to be kidding me. That's how you want us to live? Can you imagine, and this question came up because Peter, of course, is asking, you know, there's this competition between Peter and John throughout the scripture. If you just kind of read a little bit into the stories, it's kind of interesting. But you can just imagine, you know, Peter being kind of a more uh, seasoned in age and experience in life. And here's basically the apostle John. Some believe he was like 17 years old. And uh, so Peter's probably looking at John and just like, you annoy me. And, and uh, so he asks this question to Jesus, Jesus, give me the number. How many times do I have to forgive? If you just give me the number, I'll start counting. And on number eight, I'm losing it. I'm going ballistic on John. And so Jesus says, you got to forgive. Seven. And so, and it's probably Peter seven here. Seven times seven. Well, story's not over. But the, he comes to, comes to, so when Jesus is done, Peter's just like, seven times in a day? If that little rascal comes to me seven times, and he's just thinking, man, I could probably do it twice. But seven, and his conclusion is, Lord, you got to increase my faith. And can we increase our faith in this area? That's the question. Can you increase your faith in this area? The answer is absolutely. If you allow God to. Faith to forgive those who you, you misperceive, you misunderstand, those who have wronged you. Um, um, time out. Yes, have you forgiven me? Yes, I have. Okay, because okay. I forgave you. Okay, good. Six and a half times already. <laughs> you know, if you back up in the chapter, verse one said, um, then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. That's why when I said, how many have ever been hurt or offended? And if you didn't raise your hand, I'm, I know you're lying. Uh, because Jesus said, it's impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to, the, to him through whom they do come. So he's saying, but at all costs, you should avoid them. You know, I don't know about you, but that just kind of like gives me a heads up that I'm going to be offended. You cannot go through life and not be offended. But how many seem so shocked and so surprised <laughs> when they get offended? 
oh my word, you offended me. That it shouldn't happen. And Jesus is just like, hey, y'all, y'all going to be offended a lot. It's impossible to go through this life and never know what it's like to be offended. And he's talking about being offended several times in a day. Sometimes we get offended in the morning, and we're just wrecked for the rest of the day, and we can't let it go. And that's a trap. That's a bad place to be. Sometimes we get offended in the evening, and we brew it, and we think about it, and we meditate it, and, and we rehearse it, and nurse it, and curse it, and we wake up with this monster of something that was relatively small the day before. Now we wake up, and we got a monster plaguing our brain with this thing that offended us. How many know people are really good at making mountains out of molehills? Yes. And, you know, the enemy knows that when you are wounded or when you are vulnerable, that uh, when you feel the weakest, um, just an FYI, a lot of us are really tired. So, because a lot of us have worked really hard this weekend, and we need to give each other grace. Because when you are really tired physically, that is when you are the most vulnerable, and the enemy knows it. Spouses, when the other one hasn't had a lot of sleep, give them grace because they're vulnerable to being offended. Are you following me? You know what I'm saying is true. But the enemy knows it too. So the enemy loves to put bait out there at your vulnerable, weakest moments when you're the most susceptible to being offended. Am I right? Wow. You know, and I wrote down, offended people produce this, this kind of fruit. And you'll be like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It, offended people produce the fruit of anger, outrage, jealousy, resentment, strife, bitterness, and hatred. Am I right? Is that, is that how an offended person, the fruit? But the consequences of being offended are really high, too. Because you know who it really affects? yourself. That is the bummer. When you get offended, who it really, really affects is yourself. There's an attack on yourself. And uh, we don't want to fall into that trap. Amen? Amen. And when we fall into it, the trap of offense, the focus oftentimes comes back on ourself. And we look at how I feel, my thoughts, how I'm wounded, and we really become self-centered in the offense. We don't look, well, maybe they were having a bad day, or I need to pray for them, or we don't put ourselves in their shoes and what they've just been going through. We look at ourselves, and that is a trap. If the devil can get you thinking solely about you, how you feel, your thoughts, your emotions, what they did to me. He's, he's got us because the life of a Christian is to not solely think about ourself, but to think about others, to give grace to one another. And in the world we live in, that is, nobody does that. Unless you're following after Christ and you're asking God to increase our faith. So those watching online, you're responsible for what you hear. Those here, you're responsible for what you're here. God is calling us to another level. Am I right? Yes. 
Let's increase our faith in this area. Because this is something everyone, I don't care how young you are, I don't care how old you are, every one of us has to deal with this subject. And the, and the disciples are going, okay, if this is a big deal, Jesus, increase our faith. So I don't know about you, but I'm saying, God, increase my faith in this area. Everybody raise but, your hand right now. Heavenly Father, you see our hands. Increase, increase our, our faith. faith. Jesus' you, name, amen. Thank you know, you, and oftentimes Lord. we wonder, well, it's those jerks out there that offend me. But how many know we're pretty good in the church at offending one another? You know what I'm saying? We're actually good at it in our own homes. I mean, come on, let's be real. The people that you are the closest to is usually the ones you get hurt the most from. That is normally, because if it's just somebody you hardly know, it doesn't hurt so deeply. But if you are close to them and they hurt you, oh, now we're really talking about a higher level of, oh, that hurt, they hurt me, that offended me. Am I right? So your family members, if somebody's living in your home, the, it, the, the hurt is a little bit more. Even in the body of Christ. We don't expect the body of Christ to hurt us, but hello, we're all just humans. Am I right? We're all susceptible to just like I gave you the funny scenario of us miscommunicating. I mean, and that's just one little scenario. I mean, right? We all understand miscommunication. We perceive something in our brain. I can't even count how many examples I have of me or him saying something, and we didn't even ask, I don't know what you're talking about. We thought we perceived what each other was talking about, and then we got hurt. Pro tip on communication. Repeat back <laughs> for clarification. Now, there's a counselor's thing. That, right. that is what counselors will teach you. My, um, my daughter, our daughter is a therapist, and she will make people say, I think I hear what you're saying is, you know how good that would be in helping us? You know how offensive it is when your daughter tells you, now, Dad... Repeat back to me what I just said. <laughs> That's what you get for having a, a therapist for a daughter. <laughs> I'll send you a text. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Psalms 55, 12 through 14. David understood this, uh, what we're talking about, being offended. And, and he was talking about our relationships, our friendships. <clears throat> and he says in verse 12, for it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together. We walked to the house of God in the throng. And he is saying, man, somebody I'd go to church with. Now that really hurt me. You know, if it was somebody on the outside of my relationships, it, you know, I could deal with it. But with somebody that I go to church with every week and somebody that we worship together, talk and, you know, break bread together, man, that stings. Uh, how many know, you know, uh, sometimes church, unfortunately, can be a very hurtful place. And the place where healing should flow and grace and mercy and forgiveness should be prevalent. Sometimes it's, it's not found, unfortunately. 
And that's why we have to strive to be godly. We need to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the Word of God. So we are different people. And how many know you may not be perfect, but thank God you're not where you used to be, right? And you're on a journey. You're under construction. You know, God is working. And we all need to give grace to one another. But sometimes church can be a place where, you know, it's intimidating because the Sometimes we've been in churches where we've been hurt, and Pastor Starlene and I certainly are not immune to being hurt in church, but we, we have to realize, you know, God is good. Sometimes people miss it, and we will serve God, and God heal us, help us have words seasoned with grace, uh, help us. The, one of my favorite scriptures is in Psalms that says, Lord, teach my, mouth, teach my mouth what to say. And sometimes we just say stuff off the top of our head without really thinking how the receiver could receive that. Oh, I'm really bad at that one. But we need to just, Lord, would this, would this edify, build up, and encourage? Or is this about me? Or is it just cutting down? And it, it's, it's, we're human, and God understands that. But as we grow in Christ, we need to be a little more aware that we're not causing offense or even receiving offense. And that can be a challenging, very challenging so thing. So good. So good. You know, uh, they talk about in, in life how uh, different people, they're either the first thing when they're communicating is they think about what is being said or they decide in their brain really quick what is being said, or they um, respond they really fast. Um, if you respond really fast, I happen to be usually a respond really fast person. That can get me in so much trouble because then I have to rethink everything, you know, and, and feelers. If you're a feeler, you know, you feel how uh, other people. But unfortunately, a decider gets themselves in trouble, so I get in trouble a lot with myself because I say something and then I have to rethink, did that come out right? Because I just said it. Fortunately, I'm married to a thinker who thinks a lot before he talks. And so therefore, he doesn't have to usually play retrospect. So I am learning and I'm growing and I'm stretching myself to think before I talk. It would help us a lot in, our, in this department. But what happens when we do just say something and it's, it's, it's taken wrong? You know, it's, it's misconceived. It's Can misinterpreted. I just, let's just stop here just for a minute. The Bible talks about that, that we need to walk in the Spirit, and therefore we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And so this is a point in relationships and sometimes we, we think, well, I'm, I'm in the Spirit when I'm worshiping God or I'm reading. But we really need to be in the Spirit when we're communicating, when we're, when we're around people. That's most of, the t- most of the time when you really need the Spirit of God working in your life is when you're just doing everyday stuff talking. Because that's when we get into trouble. And we won't fulfill our carnal nature when we strive to walk in the Spirit of God. That's why daily we need to have time with God. Let Him wash you. Let Him fill you. Let Him help you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. So good. 
And you know, when we're talking about, um, let's talk about when we get hurt, okay? When we get hurt. Um, here's the trap that the enemy likes to get us into. So we get offended or we get hurt. And then you kind of mentioned it where it becomes all about you. And I'm going to go to 2 Timothy 3, 2. Um, what happens is when we get hurt and it's all about us, it really is a form of us becoming selfish because selfishness begins to reign. It's another thing we do when we get hurt. And okay, I'm just as guilty as all of you. We begin to, in our brain, defend ourselves. And 2 Timothy 3, 2 says, for men will be lovers of themselves Lovers of money, they'll be boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy. So I don't know about you, but I read that and I'm like, Lord, I don't want that to be me. I don't want to be that. So therefore, it can't be all about me defending myself. So I think many times we have to arrest ourselves and say, is there a possibility that I have gotten hurt when I don't know the rest of the story? Is it possible I've gotten hurt and allowed everything to be about me when I don't know what's going on out there? And boy, sometimes that has really helped me to be able to pause, be able to, 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 even in this relationship, you know, you think you know your spouse, but let's be honest, there are so much about each other, we really still will never know. Because you're not in their brain and you're not in their body. And so even though we think we know them so well, and after many years of marriage, I think I know him well, I don't. I can't be in his brain at all times. So many times I have to just pause and try and say, okay, I can't be offended right now. Let's, Let's rethink this. Anybody else? Know what I'm talking about? Those online, you know what I'm talking about? Come how, on. How many know that the people that you live with or work with, spend a lot of time with, uh, you kind of know what sets them off. And you know, what pushes their buttons? Yeah. It's like, I got some zingers I've been waiting to use over here. And, you know, and so you hurt me. And here's what usually when we're hurt, we want to punish the other person. So that's when we, we unload our ammunition of zingers in onto somebody, you know, you hurt me. Okay. We're playing this game. Well, here, how about this one? You know, and boom. Or sometimes I, I, you know, okay, this hasn't happened in a long time. So I'll tell on myself, but I can remember as a newlywed. Okay. So I'm kind of a feisty lady. If you haven't, if you don't know me. So I can remember as a newlywed, I'd be getting ready in the morning and he would have said something that I just just really upset me. It really hurt me and made me mad. And I'm, def- I'm playing the defending. You know what I'm talking about in your brain? How many know there's just defending some Defending myself. Like, how could they have said that? How could they have done that? Don't they know? And I'm defending myself in my brain. I'm doing it quietly. I haven't said a thing. But in my brain, I have. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we may think, I haven't said anything wrong. I haven't done anything wrong. But your attitude, my attitude would show up. Are you following me? My, my, my I'm hurt attitude, he, he would definitely know. There's no way of getting around your attitude. Everybody, you think you're hiding it and you're defending yourself. I am justified to be upset with you. 
but my attitude would show. When they hold up two pieces of clothes, which one do I look better in to you, A or B? The answer is both, <laughs> not one or the other. You don't think I look good in that? You know, it's like, I didn't say that. You know, they're just, they're just things that, you know, out of human, human nature that, that happen that we can set ourselves up. And little, those little, it's not a big deal in life, but it can turn into a big monster in, in our relationship. And that's where the devil loves to dwell. Let me, uh, if I can try, I'm going to hopefully, I'm going to do a good job, but this could be a poor example. But um, the enemy has a certain environment that he works in, and he works well in. And offense is one of those environments because you become uh, angry, some of those things, those characteristics, uh, hurt, uh, self-centered, pride, um, pride. thinking ill towards somebody. Well, those are, those are uh, attractive things that the enemy will send demons into your sphere. And how many know sometimes one thing turns into several? And if you don't get rid of it, the enemy will bring all kinds of thoughts. And, well, it's not just that. It's this. And all of a sudden, you got a laundry list you know, say just one thing, now you got a laundry list because the devil will help you be offended. And he will bring his helpers into your life, demons, that will reinforce why you have a right to be offended. So as we meditate on anger, hatred, uh, getting even, thinking up the next thing, you did that to me, I'm going to do... Those are attractants to demons to surround you. And then people will say, I just, it seems like I just can't, my prayers aren't getting very far. Yeah, you got to deal with your heart. And when we are thinking on these things, the Holy Spirit and the angels of God can't get to us. The Bible tells us we need to think on things that are what? Lovely, good, have a good, report, have a good report, not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought, to, to esteem others more important than ourself, you know, and in all our ways, acknowledge God. And so a lot of times we forget all that, and so when we're not doing that, we're actually being a repellent of the Holy Spirit and helping us. He can't get to us because our thoughts are contrary to his ways. And so he's got to back off because there's no room for him until we renew our mind, we ask for forgiveness, we say, Lord, help me in this, I'm hurt. There's no problem. God's, when we humble ourselves and go, God, I'm ticked. You need to help me. Please help me. Help me get to a place where I can forgive what they just did and said. Those are real prayers. And you're being honest. If you're thinking, I'm good, you are fooling yourself. And God can't work in your life when you don't understand your own reality. And if you don't understand the truth of the situation you're in, God is like, man, I can't help you. Humble yourself.
Repent. Ask God to, to help wash you and renew your mind and your emotions. And when we do that, the Lord will come in and all those hard things will begin to melt. You know, Pastor, you, you just said something, though, that it, I think a lot of brains went to, is you said you repent, but so many times in brains, when we are going through this process, our brain says, why would I repent? I've done nothing wrong. I'm, that happens in many scenarios in our brain. Yeah, let's go there. So in our brain, we're like, why would I need to repent? I haven't done anything. But if I'm hearing you, you're saying many times we need to ask God to repent for how we have taken up offense. We have allowed ourselves to get into a place where they, they said something or, or we, mis- we construed something of what was said. We allowed ourselves to get offended. Then we need to take that to God. And, you know, there are times when, obviously, offense is when there's been an argument then that involves forgiving and words of forgiveness towards each other. But, Pastor, what about times when there has been no words? We, in our brain, just configured something and got offended. You know, if Tracy mentioned Job, Job is a great example of what we're talking about. He was an innocent guy. The Bible said he was the most righteous man of his generation. He did good. He honored God with his life and possessions and everything he did, and something bad happened to him. You know, and that's the question, the big question, why do bad things happen to good people? In the book of Job, we get the veil pulled back, and we see what's going on in the spirit realm. The devil approached God and said, Job only serves you because you're always good to him. If you, if you pause on your goodness, he will curse you. And God knew, oh, there's more integrity in my man Job. He will not curse me. So for whatever reason, the enemy was able to come in and take all his earthly possessions and family members. Not his wife. Not his wife yet. She was a piece of work. And so, <laughs> so in his mind, he started out right. But then he started being self-centered. And most of the book of Job is really about Job's thoughts and why he doesn't deserve this and why he is self-righteousing himself. And he is dealing with offense. He's offended at God. You you could be, hey, I was just going about my day, and they offended me. But you could be going about your life, and now you feel offended at God. God, why did this happen? How come I don't have what they have? You know, I was doing everything right. I went to church. I worshiped. I paid my tithes. And look at this. This is a complete disaster. And I need to know why this is happening. You got to tell me, God, why is this going on? Why did they do this to me? Why was this taken from me? 
And Job's going through like 40 chapters of trying to figure this out in his offense. Finally, God shows up at the end of the book. He goes, Job, I don't have to explain one thing to you. Where were you when I set the boundaries of the oceans? Where were you when I placed the North Star? Where were you when I named all of them? Where were you? And he goes on and on. Did I count, ask you for wisdom in creation? You know, he kind of puts Job in his place. You're a created thing. I am the creator. And Job went, God, I am so sorry. Forgive me. You are God. I repent. And there's the key word. My job is to glorify and worship you and realize who you are. You are bigger than I could ever think I could ever possibly be. In the scheme of things, I'm pretty small. So, Lord, I honor you. Forgive me for misjudging who you are. And you know what? Once he got himself right and his eyes off himself, God began to do a work in his life. And he restored everything that was taken, double for his trouble. You have really hit on a really good point of we're not just talking about offense can be at a level of with each other. It can be at an offense with God. And I love how you just explained to us how sometimes, and I've, I've said this to individuals, I mean, we've all dealt with individuals who got mad at God, am I right? I mean, when, last week we talked about sharing Jesus, and when you share Jesus and, and begin to try to get somebody to come into the kingdom of God, lots of times you'll hear two things, and we hit on them today if you were listening. Number one is they say, I don't want, to, I don't want anything to do with God or church because church has hurt me. Well, we've already touched on that. Church is made up of humans, and miscommunication can happen in a church or outside a church. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. There's, we're all still humans. Can I just stop right there Absolutely. on the church piece? Yes. Here's what happens to people. How many of you know we go in community, and, and uh, people are Christian. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. You go to church somewhere. No, I don't go to church anywhere. Why not? Well, A, they're hypocrites, or, you know, they hurt me, or whatever. Here's the thing. If you're afraid of being hurt in church, get over that. You will never grow until you're in a body. I'm talking to you watching. You will never grow beyond where you're at if you don't get around people. How many know we need one another to grow? And sometimes we find out where we're lacking and where when we get hurt, that's a place where we need to grow. So if you decide that you are forever going to watch church on TV because you think it's safe, you're not growing. Yes, those listening to me, you have to get into a body because iron sharpens iron, and you will learn how to be able to communicate. You will learn how to fight the enemy from being offended with one another. You will learn how to stretch yourself as an individual. Yeah, you feel all safe. You're safe because you don't have to communicate with anybody. That's not growing. 
That's not increasing your faith. So, yes, so that was the first part. And then the other thing when we're sharing Jesus that you will many times hear people say is, well, I'm mad at God. I mean, I may have heard that one. I've talked to many people. I'm mad at God because of X, Y, and Z. They're mad at God. But here's the deal. Just like you just so amazingly shared with us with Job, we see this much. Do you realize how vast and amazing our God is? We put God in this little box, and we pretend like we know more than God. I've talked to individuals who said, who who are mad at God, and they're like, well, I am mad because I already know, blah, blah, blah. Like, they know more than God? And I'm like, do you really hear what you're saying? You think you can see more than God? You think you know the hearts of everyone? You know what everyone's thinking? Are you really listening to what you're saying? Wow. You know, here's a real spiritual thing that we don't ever do. <laughs> but it's, a, it's a, a growth moment. When we're offended, here's what we don't do that we probably should do. Here is another opportunity for me to grow. I got to work on loving anyway. I got to work on forgiving. I got to work on understanding where they're coming from. You know, sometimes we're, we're offended by people who don't even know the Lord. So if they don't know the Lord and have a relationship with him, they don't have a baseline to walk in the Spirit and to forgive. And, you know, they, they don't know. They don't know. They're not on the same road you're on. And we get offended by people who don't know better. You know, when a child, you know, looks at your face. I was in the store. I was in the store with my daughter. We're shopping around. And, you know, I like to try and be friendly, try. And so uh, my daughter and I waited to go pick up something real quick. And so there was this little guy, cute little guy, about two years old. And he was in one of those, uh, uh, Miss Aaron would say a buggy, but it was a cart that had like a little race car thing on the front. Have you seen those where the parent will strap in so the kid can at least think he's a NASCAR driver as they're going around. And so this little guy, and I was just like, oh, that's so adorable. And so I kind of bent down, and he went, hey, little buddy. And uh, the kid looks at me. Ew! <laughs> and, you know, it was not the response I was hoping for. And you know, my daughter just lost it. She just, <laughs> And uh, so... It was one of those moments that I didn't take it too much. Two-year-old telling me, you know, I'm nasty, you're gross. You're an ew. Yeah. You know. So, you know, easy to blow off, right? But, you know, sometimes we need to kind of have that when adults, people who we think should know better, offend you to your face. Just realize they don't have a foundation in Christ, People just do. Hey, Revelation, sinners sin. Big revelation. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Oh, there's so much on this subject, but uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, I want to wrap up on Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. 
It says, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You know, if you are sowing to your flesh of, you know, defending yourself and the selfish, I'm, I'm right, the Joe Blow is wrong. Sorry if your name's Joe in here. There's a lot of Joes in here. I already know there's a lot of Joes in here. Already opportunities to be offended. (laughs) Don't be offended. In the house of God. (laughs) But if we want to reap love, which most of us do, if we want to reap forgiveness, which most of us do, then we got to sow that. We got to sow forgiveness. We got to sow love. We got to sow that if that's what we're going to reap. Amen? Would you stand? You know, if anybody could be offended, it is God. God could be offended. And so he's the best example of looking beyond faults and saying, I love you anyway. You are valuable to me. Even though you've missed it, even though you didn't do what I asked you to do, I love you anyway. And that gives us the point of sharing the love of Christ. Whether you're in this place, you're watching online, the love of Christ says, you may have missed it a thousand times. You may have tried, but you've failed. But the Lord loves you, loves you, loves you so much. He paid the price to redeem your life from destruction. He paid the price to prove his love, that you are valuable, you have a purpose, you can start over again, you can get things right, and he wants to help you. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, just want to give somebody in this place, maybe several watching online, an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ or get right in back fellowship with the Lord. On the count of three, I want to give you an opportunity to respond right where you're at. Pastor Starling is going to lead us in a prayer, and that's the beginning of a new walk in Christ. Let some things go. Start new. Let the love of God, let the angels, the Holy Spirit come and envelop your life. Get that dark cloud off. Get that gunk out of your way so God can walk you through your days. One, today's the greatest day to make a decision for Christ. Two, don't talk yourself out of this moment. Three, respond. Raise your hand in this place online. Receive Jesus. Get right. Amen. Come on. Yes. Praise God. Whew. Dancing in heaven. Oh, there is rejoicing in heaven. I see your hands. Can you all repeat this prayer after me? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For the blood of Jesus. For the blood of Jesus. That forgives me. That forgives today, me. Today. Today. Where I have fallen short. Where I have fallen of short. Of your best. Of your best. I ask for your I, forgiveness. I ask for your forgiveness. And I receive it. And I receive it. I ask that you would be. I ask that you would be. Front and center. Front and center. Not only Savior. Not only Savior. But Lord of my life. But Lord of my life. Completely in charge. Completely in charge. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Believers, everyone in this room, keep your heads bowed right now. I believe there's many of you that have walked with the Lord for years, but the Holy Spirit is wanting to increase your faith 
in what we just talked about because every one of us in this room is affected by this subject. So if you're saying, God, increase my faith, would you just lift your hands towards heaven right now? Father, I thank you for many believers all over this this auditorium, but also watching and hearing my voice online. And as we say, God, help me not to be give the enemy even a little pinky toe in my life. Help me to not get offended. May I not be easily offended. May I not be open and and receptive to what the enemy wants. I refuse that, and I thank you that grace flows freely from my life. I thank you that forgiveness flows freely from my life. I thank you that love flows freely from my lips. Father, I thank you for amazing individuals who are willing to stretch and grow here in this room and also listening online, those watching online. Come on, stretch and grow. Some of you online, God's calling you to stretch and grow, and you're supposed to get in a church. If you don't have a church, come to church right here. You are welcome with welcome arms. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen, amen.